Welcome to the IonHoops.com podcast with your host, Guy Flotico. Season 2, episode 19 of the IonHoops.com podcast has arrived, and so has Iona's first Mac loss, as the dreaded Buffalo trip has ruined another Mac Powers bid for perfection. It's just happened so many times. So where do we go from here? What does it mean? Should we fire Patino? Come on, what are we, St. John's? What are we talking about here? I'm kidding, of course. And in fact, on one of our own IOTAs, we have an important update on the coach's status with the program. Let's get to those IOTAs, and then we're going to recap the Buffalo trip and the next upcoming daunting string of games for the Gales. IOTA, IOTAs. How about a lifetime of Rick Patino? According to reports from Adam Zagoria, the Hall of Fame coach is in negotiations with Iona to sign a lifetime contract. What the hell does that mean? I don't even know. Uh, it, it, I guess it could mean that it can be the coach of Iona as long as he wants to be. Uh, Patino has hinted a few times that he wanted to coach Iona, quote-unquote, for seven years, which would put him at age 75 once his seventh season would conclude. Now, the reporter don't really know further details, and, well, neither do I. Um, does this mean Iona's restructuring the contract to get Patino some more cash for sticking around? Does it mean they eventually that eventually Patino's first assistant, whoever might that might be that might be down the line, will be sort of a head coach in waiting? Someone who's going to take the gig when Patino retires? Doesn't mean the buyout will, will reset, as you call when Patino first got the job. The buyout started at ten million after year one and decreased a couple million with each passing year. Uh, perhaps those numbers will be even more ludicrous now. Or was it simply a seed planted by Bettino to stop all the reports that are stemming from last weekend's New York Post story that suggested he'd be open to other offers? Or perhaps it was a different sort of seed planted by Bettino, one that was meant to prod Iona to exploring other conference options as realignment has already weakened the Mac with Mammoth's departure. It all remains to be seen. I've been asked my opinion often, of course, because, you know, I am the voice of Iona basketball. Uh, I can't say I know Bettino on a personal enough level to know what's really going on in his head, but my guy... My gut, I should say, <laughs> says he's going to stay true to his word. Yeah, I know. Some people think that's crazy to believe him, but I do. He's always maintained that he wants to stay at Iona. He's getting older, etc. cetera. Uh, but maybe Iona is other is exploring other conferences or at least has a feel for where Rich Enser and the Mac are turning to replenish the league. I honestly have no idea. Those discussions are beyond my pay grade, which is, well, nothing. But I'll repeat, I'm confident Patino will stay put. Whether Iona stays put, I honestly don't have a feel for. The investment to move up a conference is substantial. We talked about this in a recent episode of the podcast. Can I even, Iona even pull off such a move? I don't even know. So we're just going to have to wait this out, the current realignment, and and also we'll see what happens with this whole uh, lifetime contract thing, and we'll, we'll know then, I guess, what's going to happen. <laughs> Iona. Iona. It's been a minute since we've given any sort of update on the Iona women, and with good reason. Due to a mess of COVID, the Lady Gales went nearly a month without any games from late November to mid-December, and all that missed time took its toll as the losses mounted. But Billy Chambers is right at the ship. Iona was lodging at the very bottom of the max standings, but have found their groove winning 5 of 7, with the two losses coming by a total of 3 points. A top 5 finish and first round bye in Atlantic City next month is in range now. Unthinkable, just a couple weeks ago. The Lady Gales will get a stiff test Thursday at home against Mac leader Fairfield, but Coach Chambers has the team trending upward in February, which of course is the goal of every college basketball coach in the country. Good luck to the team down the stretch.
cliche, a tale of two halves is often tossed about in hoops, and perhaps no better time to pull out that one as we talk about Iona's 70-62 win at Canisius Friday. The Gales absolutely buzzsawed the Griffs out of the gate in this one to the tune of 40-21 at the half. A half that saw balanced scoring, ridiculous defense, and how about this, zero turnovers. Well, that was all well and good, but the Griffs, to their credit, found their pride and played considerably harder in the second half and slowly chipped away at the Gales, even getting this one down to seven with three minutes to play before Iona closed it out. Everything that went right in the first half went wrong in the second. The defense was sluggish and the offense looked a bit lost, although the latter was probably uh, due to the absence of Elijah Joyner, who missed this game with a non-COVID illness. And, well, I've been saying it forever, it's life on the road in league play. And the Griffs, the last place team in the conference, simply outplayed the Gales in the final 20 minutes. But Iona was never truly threatened and was able to survive what would have been a disastrous defeat in the first leg of the Buffalo trip. And that's what's important. Well, I'm not going to pick this game apart. The simple story is that the Iona defense had its worst performance of the season, so poor that even a scorching hot three-point effort couldn't save us. It really is that simple. And with our threes, even with our threes falling, the purpose did an outstanding job of making Iona be some, someone they're not. Niagara got Nelly off his game, just five field goal, field goal attempts and six boards, and the Perps out-rebounded Iona 33-28. Still, Iona was 12 of 24 from three, and even made 11 of 15 from the line, but after a hot first half, they shot just 32% in the second and ended at 43% for the game. Meanwhile, the Perps shot 51% for the game and also made 17 of 22 from the line, and Iona had no answers for Marcus Hammond or Noah Thomas. Hey, it happens. But if you truly follow college hoops nationally, not just the power fives, but the mids and lows as well, you'll see lots of very good teams put up total stinkers. Games that you just can't explain. Teams that have all sorts of buzz and then they lose a head scratcher. And these types of results are rampant in league play in particular, regardless of level, even regardless of sight. It's insanely hard to go in and be unbeaten in your league. 87-88 LaSalle did it. But they only had to win 14 league games. Not a cinch, but not like winning 20 either. 89-90 LaSalle did it too, going 16-0. But quite frankly, that was the greatest MAC team of all time. Friona, one of the better teams in our history, 97-98, lost three league games. So did the 11-12 team, our at-large team. Three league losses, unbelievable. Even Mighty Siena from 08-09, the team of Onions double order and winning an 8-9 game in the NCAAs, lost two league games that year. Now that we've lost the game, we have to take a look at what it means. Is the at-large dead? Mm, probably, but not 100% certain. The computers just don't care that winning games on the road in your league, any league, is hard. So we entered the game with a 57 net and a 67 Ken Palm, and those numbers take a hit with the loss. It's amazing to think that if Iona were to win out until the MAC Finals and have a record of 29-5, and that they're not going to be among the field of 68, but sadly, that's the case in the new era of the net, which was developed by the NSA to, quite frankly, leave the little guys out. A rant for a different time, though. But what if Iona wins out, including the MAC title? What sort of seed are we looking at? My guess is that a 12 is still in play if there are no more losses. In fact, my guess is that you can drop us a seed line pretty much from here on out, with every MAC loss we may take in, more or less. And of course, with each seed line you drop, winning a game becomes that much harder in the tournament, as you know. But again, a discussion for another time. I did just want to lay out the whole picture for you all regarding what this loss means with an eye toward March, 
because Gale Nation has big dreams in mind, so that dis that discussion can't be disregarded. But with that, let's look ahead. With all of our thoughts on March, we still have four weeks of regular season basketball yet to be played. For Iona, and even for Iona fans, with worries about at-large berths perhaps no longer a concern, it's time to shift focus on the tasks at hand, and that includes a pretty tough slate of games to gear up for. We started Siena, a place Iona has traditionally played well, but, well, life on the road in league play, we know. The Gales then return home from Monmouth, a team the computers say is still the second best team in our league. And then Iona travels to Jersey City to take on the second place St. Peter's Peacocks. Need I say more about that one? All of that in a six-day span. Quite frankly, to win all three of these be one heck of a feat. And make no mistake, Iona has its work cut out for it in general the rest of the way, never mind in these next three. And for Iona to accomplish this, we must return to who we are. During the highly successful non-conference season, Iona's defense was absolutely terrific. The commitment on that end of the floor was what made us great. Great enough to upset Alabama, number 10 in the country at the time, to play Kansas extremely tough, and to close out games against a bunch of really good mid-major opponents. Well, that defense simply has not translated over the MAC games. Before I get into that a little further, let me just make a quick point. Other than Monmouth, every one of our non-conference opponents, except for Harvard and North Alabama, are rated higher than everyone in the MAC. To put this simply, the MAC teams we're playing are, at least on paper, weaker than the non-conference teams we played, and by a good margin. And yet, it hasn't played out that way from what we've seen, at least in terms of the defense we've seen. Anyway, from our road, from our first road game at Marist to our first loss in Niagara, the defense that seems to stifle so many foes in the non-conference has been sketchy at best against MAC teams. One of the primary reasons. Generally speaking, we're not defending the three anywhere near as good as we were versus the non-conference teams. There was a point late in the non-conference part of the season where Iona was allowing, I don't know, something like 26, 27%, was rated the top one of the top 15 teams in the country in that statistic. Against MAC teams, the Gales are allowing 32% from three, only fifth best in the MAC. And the MAC is not exactly stacked with great offenses. But to be fair, our two-point defense has not been so hot either. We're actually allowing 49% on two-point shots in league play against, again, that's only fifth best in the conference. If we didn't force turnovers or block shots, our defense in MAC games would be, would be very, very ordinary. And, and again, to be fair, when you're playing against a familiar opponent, such as a MAC team, they're going to have better scouting on you, and, and I understand all that goes into play. And, and teams, of course, get better as the season goes on, and, you know, a lot of MAC teams didn't play well, non-conference, and all that other stuff. Of course, the MAC is still 19 in Ken Palm, so the, the league itself is pretty good. So, I mean, even though the old computer ratings don't equate that to being as strong as our non-conference league, which is actually one of the top 40 in the country right now. But anyway, the bottom line is a renewed commitment to defense is needed. I'm sure Patino sees it. I'm sure the players see it at this point. And it has to start Friday at Siena. Well, we got a reminder why it's known as the dreaded Buffalo trip. And now it's time to start fresh and get back to playing patino ball. Stay with me, Gale fans. Figures to be a bumpy ride, but I promise you it's going to be fun come March. 
Let's go Gals. Thank you for listening to this edition of the IonaHoops.com podcast. This podcast is a production of IonaHoops.com and its publisher Guy Filatico. The opinions shared during this podcast are those of Guy Filatico, IonaHoops.com, and any featured guests. This podcast is not affiliated with Iona College Athletics or the college itself. Thank you for supporting IonaHoops.com.